Welcome to the Enrollment Edge, a podcast for college enrollment and marketing leaders. I'm your host, Jay Fetch. The Enrollment Edge is sponsored by Enrollment Fuel, a trusted full-service student search and marketing partner to colleges and universities across the country. If you'd like to learn more about Enrollment Fuel services, or you have questions about today's episode, we've included a link to our website in the show notes. You can also email us at edge at enrollmentfuel.com. We'd love to hear what you think. You can help us by subscribing to our podcast, sharing it with your friends, and leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. On today's Enrollment Edge, I have a conversation with Don Philibon, president and CEO of Talent Marks, and author of six books, including The Unemployed Grad, What Parents Can Do About It. In our conversation, Don and I focus on what enrollment managers, college marketers, and career center professionals can do to set their services apart from other colleges, actively engage first-year students through innovative career services, and manage the tricky task of drawing parents of students into the process of student success and career placement. The colleges that successfully place their students in careers are at a distinct advantage in this challenging environment. And marketing that success will significantly help draw new students onto campus. Well, welcome, Don, to the Enrollment Edge. It's great to have you here today. Hey, great to be here with you. Uh, I'm talking today to uh, Don Philobom. He is president and CEO of Talent Marks and an author of, of a number of books, but one of which I think uh, struck me. And we were we, in our first conversation, uh, there was this uh, initial uh, statement about uh, the unemployed graduate. And you, you wrote a book about an uh, unemployed graduate. It's called The Unemployed Graduate, What Parents Can Do About It. And uh, there was a number of things that struck me uh, as I've as I've gone into the conversation with you and got into the conversation, got into the, the the text of the book. But there was a there was an a, a uh, an endorsement I read uh, on the book, and it was I'm gonna I'm just gonna read it because I think it sets the stage nicely for what we're going to talk about. And, and then I'd like you to comment on that a bit more. But uh, it's the the quote is the unemployed grad pulls no punches and clearly warns the parents of college students what is in store for their graduate. Unless their graduate develops a career plan and job search strategy, graduates will need to develop their own, I love this, mojo to stand out in a crowd in a very crowded job market. Um, as you as you develop the concept of the book, uh, talk a little bit about what you saw the need was there, because I'm going to, I'm going to, I'll pull this in from parents to enrollment managers, and I think this sets the stage well for that. Yeah, Jay, thanks for that opportunity. Really, the genesis of the book came out of working with about a thousand career centers. We had mm-hmm. hosted a series of webinars in the fall and the spring, and the idea was to provide top career authors on the job search process, resumes. Um, networking and things related to helping the student explore careers um, based on top career authors so that the Career Center could invite students to come to the Career Center. And from that, we learned that, A, the Career Center doesn't have any authority over the students. B, they don't (laughs) have any funding. And um, C, they, even if they had the funding, they don't have enough staff to be able to accommodate all students. And so 
the one thing I heard that really set the tone for this book was there's research by the National Association of Colleges and Employers that suggests if you invest time earlier in your college experience in career exploration, visiting the career center, you'll more than likely end up with an internship, a job by the time you graduate, a job relevant to your degree, and a job that pays higher. And to me, that was like the, you know, the golden ticket. It was like, wow, if parents only knew this, they would be encouraging their sons and daughters to go to the career center. It's kind of the magic formula. Um, You know, as a, as a parent of uh, now graduate uh, college students uh, who have gone on and, and, uh, uh, started their careers. And as somebody who, who's worked in enrollment management for better part of three decades, um, I, I really do resonate with that sentiment. First of all, uh, my two my two sons kind of had very different experiences, went to two different colleges. Uh, one was very proactive in going to the career center right from the very beginning. I think I he was a firstborn and I pressed him pretty hard for that. The other was a little bit more laid back, didn't really do that. And you mentioned uh, they they're not very proactive. They don't have uh, they don't have a good footing to pull students to them. They there has to be kind of an institutional plan for that that the institution really didn't have. Uh, so it was kind of on the student's own own initiative, own accord, and and he didn't really do that very much until towards the end of his uh, college career. But as an enrollment manager, you know, so many parents uh, would come into the conversation with their prospective student as they would look. And they would say, you know, tell me, tell me the plan. What plan does this school have for not just enrolling my student, but, you know, bringing them all the way through to the end, helping them decide on, on a career or on a pathway uh, because those, you know, as, as a parent, you, you would know too, and that it's just, sometimes they can't decide or they can't stop deciding, you know, they, they just kind of all are over the place with their skills and they can't kind of land on a space. Um, in, in, in your book, you're talking about right at the very beginning from the very moment they, they land on campus or even prior to landing on campus, they have to have a mindset of not just what's happening the first month or the first year, but four or five years down the road and talk about uh, how enrollment managers can capture that. And I don't think we've done it very well, but how do we capture that sentiment and help drive students to think in, in, a, in a very long-term way uh, and not just, not just the short-term what's happening from the, the first week of school? Yeah, that's a really good point. And, and this is an area where the silos of campuses need to coalesce a little bit more. And the enrollment office now is going to be very dependent on the career center success, right? There's something called the um, first destination survey that's now uh, being conducted by most colleges that show how long did it take Don to get a job? Is the job mm-hmm. relevant to the degree that he got? And can Don afford to pay back? his uh, student loans based on the salary that Don's receiving. Mm -hmm. The government uh, has uh, the collegescorecard.gov website where parents can actually access that information that is publicly gathered, not gathered by the college. So I think if we in enrollment management see where the the future of enrollment's going, we need to be working more with the Career Center to figure out how can we on the enrollment side Mm -hmm. help set the stage, right? So that parents understand that if we can't require the student to go to the Career Center, we can at least 
uh, as a parent encourage and push and nudge and conjole. And along that will come operational systems and procedures where the parents will start to receive emails that will be focused on what they should be thinking about, right? It's not just what the student should be thinking about in this particular case, because we know the student won't go. One professor said to me, Jay, students don't do optional, right? (laughs) That's true. Amen. Yeah. So, so, you know, right off the bat, we know we're not going to get anywhere by, you know, making this an optional program. And if we can't make it required, um, then we need to get the parent influence and we can start right in the enrollment side. Well, you know, you bring up a really good point. And, and uh, I think there's a number of departments on campus, even things that are required uh, are difficult to get students to engage. Um, unless there is, and for lack of a better term, a carrot as opposed to a stick. You know, if, if a student feels like there's an advantage to this, there is something that I'm going to get out of this, it's, it's an easier conversation, or there's, there is a better success rate of getting those students engaged. You've been to a lot of career centers. You've been to a lot of colleges over the years. Talk about what has been successful. What have you seen I know engaging parents is a very important part of that, but um, that isn't always uh, always possible. Sometimes it's not. How have you seen successful career centers engage new students coming into the college? And therefore, in, enrollment leaders, the, the when they first get there, how do these partner well? Uh, so what, what, kind of, what kind of examples uh, can you share? Yeah, um, very valid question and one in which there's a variety of examples. In the book I wrote, Change It, Create a Career Center College Culture, we looked at hundreds of colleges to find best practices, what colleges were doing in order to be able to drive participation, engagement, and then uh, outcome. You know, colleges talk about the student success, but really we need to also be incorporating the idea of a career success uh, that runs across all curriculum in the college. So to answer your question, more colleges are are looking at a required program that might be a freshman 101 career course. Mm -hmm. And it may be only one credit hour, uh, and it might be built around an existing curriculum that the Career Center is developing. Kaplan University, as an example, has created a curriculum that a college could buy at a, at a, uh, a price that may not be affordable, but mm-hmm. um, it is, is available out there. Um, the, the state of Florida has done something very unique in that their House Bill 1262, I believe, is was passed last year, and it requires every student that applies at a Florida State College Mm -hmm. to go through a curriculum and a process to Mm -hmm. understand what that career is that they're heading towards, what kind of skill sets are going to be necessary to acquire, and what kind of jobs uh, that, that are in that area. In other words, it's starting to let the students know up front that, yeah, you're going to go through an academic program here, right. but the outcome is going to be your career. Right. You know, I uh, I just had a, a, an episode on a podcast, one of our podcasts here, uh, with the president of a community college out on, on the East Coast. Uh, and the conversation really 
kind of developed around this idea of uh, workforce, labor force preparation. I think there's a number of students that go into college, and, and I think this alludes to your point, um, that they go into college thinking, I'm going to do this because I like that subject maybe in high school, or it's, it's an interesting one, but it doesn't necessarily lead to a career that either is, uh, is uh, in, in demand or leads to a career or a job uh, that is uh, interesting to the student. The, the subject is interesting, but maybe not the career. Uh, talk about what you're seeing uh, in terms of that kind of, I think the, the Florida House Bill 1262 is, is amazing. Uh, that idea that they have to go through through counseling or coaching first to get trained up in a career path. Talk about uh, how how students react to that at the very beginning. How do you think that they grab that, absorb that, and, and either pivot a decision, uh, move in a different direction, or, or or confirm the decision they already made? Yeah, I like that question. Let me wrestle with it in this angle uh, from the enrollment management side. Mm-hmm. There is something on campus called the Freshman Read Program. Freshman Read Program finds a common book that all 300 or 3,000 incoming freshmen are going to read. Mm -hmm. They bring the author in on campus. They have an event. It's all part of the First Year Experience Program. And while I think that's great, I think it would be more appropriate to have every incoming freshman even before they apply, it could be appropriate that they take an assessment, Mm -hmm. that they get involved in a um, Zoom meetings the summer prior to coming on campus, where there can be group meetings related to what did that assessment mean? How do you interpret that assessment? How does that assessment affect how you communicate with others? Uh, What are the the majors on campus that might uh, fit the strengths of your assessment. Mm-hmm. I think there's an incredible opportunity for the enrollment management side to, again, get break down the silos between career services and enrollment management, but also help each other, right? Um, so that students are more confident to be able to identify their, their career path. To your point, uh, to the way it works today, if a student is coming on campus, Um, They're probably talking to an academic advisor who is saying, hey, this is a good course. This is a good course. Mm -hmm. And the student goes, well, what? I don't don't know what major to to pick. And that person who is an academic advisor says, well, I like psychology. Maybe you would like that. (laughs) And that's the basis of, uh, you know, the student now heading in that direction. And to your point, there's no rhyme or reason that that's going to be successful. It's likely that that's going to be among the 30% of the students are going to change majors and um, end up having to spend more money to complete college in six years instead of four years. Right. You know, um, I've been at three different schools and every school that I have been a part of in their admissions enrollment area, the number one major was, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. It's undecided. Uh, or I have decided because I felt like I had to decide on something, but it really wasn't it wasn't something I'm going to be interested in. It was just kind of a okay, I'll, I'll pick something. And to to this point of assessment, uh, it, I feel like that is really necessary for students that are coming into uh, the college career, the a gigantic investment of time and 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 money and resources. Uh, and moving into it without a clear direction, a clear pathway in any particular 
in a particular direction. They they could be going into psychology, they could be going into law, they could be, and they're not mutually exclusive, but they they're the pathways are very, very different in in moving uh to a career. And and I feel like uh the schools that have a response to a student or to a parent that says, my student is undecided. I don't, he or she doesn't know what they want to go into. How can you help them? This is one of those pieces because if, if uh, that, that uh, early first year, uh, that first year class on career development, if they don't know where they're going to go, we got to start back even one step further, right? Right. Yeah, very good point. And, you know, on campuses, I've talked to a lot of campuses, um, and they generally don't even use the assessment tool to the degree they should. In fact, our research shows only 10% of students, incoming students, will take an assessment mm. and sit down with a professional, like an advisor, to actually go through it to understand what it is. And yeah. and so I think that's a strong area that enrollment management could emphasize as a, you know, to keep parents in that um, engage process to keep students in that engage process is to have a, you know, not just take this assessment, it's a cute 10, 10 minute kind of deal, but build a whole program around, you know, coaching, some podcasts that re- relate to how do you d- interpret that um, assessment and how it's going to benefit you. I think it's a critical foundation point for that student before they even land on campus. And, 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 and clearly, it's going to improve retention, on-time graduation rates because students are more confident along the, the path. And what does that help? That helps the first year, um, the first destination ex- um, survey results showing right. that the students are getting jobs relevant to their degree. Right. Um, you know, before they get on campus, there's there's a lot going on in a, in a student's mind, and they're trying to process all of this. And and I think that by and large, parents are trying to trying to figure out what their role is. Uh, their role is with a, their high school student was probably very active with the, with a high school or uh, kind of an intermediary that the student was a minor and uh, and and they were they're highly involved in activities and a- academics and so forth. Um, when a, when a student gets to college. I know that from, from even from my experience, but uh, as, as a as a dad with college students, there is a new um, there is a new role to play, uh, and uh, the idea that I'm going to jump in and and <laughs> kind of push uh, my sons probably wouldn't have worked real well. What what role do you see that parents have that that enrollment managers can can bring in those parents? Uh, you know, alumni and parent relation offices at colleges can, you know, take the lead on that. But enrollment, op- enrollment officers have to, have to, you know, introduce them to this mm-hmm. um, because it's a new role for them. So how do you see that working well in drawing parents in without, without over committing or, or taking it and, and, and putting them in, installing them in places where they, they don't want to be or they shouldn't be? Yeah, there's a unique kind of relationship I think colleges need to nurture with a parent that involves letting them know that they need to be career encouragers, right? Mm -hmm. They're not the career coach. Their job is just to be there to to kind of encourage the student to do 
the things that in my book, The Unemployed Grant and What Parents Could Do About It, I mean, uh, that was a great quote that you started off with because my real goal was to hit parents over the head to say, hey, look, the stats have been there for a decade. Mm-hmm. The it, Something like 40% of the students will never go to the Career Center, according to McKinsey. Right. About 62% of graduating senior graduating seniors will either never go to the Career Center or only go once or twice their senior mm-hmm. year. As a result, it takes the average grad, according to NACE, National Association of College and Employers, eight months to find a job, and 40% will end up in jobs that don't require a college degree. So the goal <laughs> here, you know, I think our college, right, enrollment management should start right at the beginning to say, hey, we know this to be true. But on the flip side, we also know if your son or daughter starts to take ownership of their career, mm-hmm. they'll have a job by graduation day. And look, parents, this solves the student loan crisis, because if the average student takes eight months to get a job times $4,000, that's $32,000. If we can get that student a job by graduation day, that's $32,000 that they wouldn't have had that could be paid back uh, the, the average student's student loan. One of, the, one of the things I'm hearing from a number of enrollment managers in the field is, is a shifting of, of, of a mentality uh, that sees college and college degrees and uh, the education itself as less valuable. Uh, there's there has been uh, an entrepreneurial spirit where uh, I, I'll start my own online company or my business, and I don't really need an education or formal formal training for anything. I can just go and do it. Um, and there's and, and you know I wrestle with that. I, I think that there are some some really great dynamics to this idea, this generation saying, I can, I can take my career. I can own it. And you've owned several companies. You know, this, you're the entrepreneur. So I'm, I'm speaking to the entrepreneur, yeah. uh, but, but the, this generation uh, more than many, I think many others has embraced that. Uh, but, but in, in so doing, they've kind of moved away from this idea that college is valuable Um in spite of parents, in spite of, uh, you know, the fact that if they want to be a doctor or a nurse or a lawyer, they have to have a degree. Um, but if, if colleges put these, these measures in place, if they were targeting placement, they were targeting career development, not simply experience on campus, not simply first year experience, but, but like you said, student success and graduate success. Do you think that would have a dramatic impact on this societal view of higher education and the value of that? Yeah, I think you're right on with that point in that parents and students are looking for an ROI, right? They're looking right. for that return on investment. And with the, there's a new act, the, um, um, the House of Representatives just passed called the College Transparency Act, mm. which is going to be tied on to a Senate bill that they anticipate it has bipartisan support. But the bottom line, this is going to require colleges to collect the information like how long did it take for Don to get a job and specifically turn that into the Department of Education. Right now, mm. that information is gathered through public means now it's going to be required. And I think because there are, are federal laws, that's going to require us, right, in, the, mm-hmm. in this industry to begin to 
show parents that you're getting return on investment. And, and they can do that a number of different ways, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I could still be interested in the music program at the college sure. and want to get a degree in, in music or philosophy or something else. But if it's going to help me, I could take a boot camp in coding or the business side of knowing how to interpret coding mm-hmm. to have that as a fallback. If I want to play in a band or appreciate music, I can still go through my college experience, but no, people are hiring individuals that have some STEM type uh, skill sets very rapidly and at high rates. Right, and and it, uh, I think there's a there is a singular mentality to a number of uh, college entering entering students that I'm going to study this and do that. Uh, as opposed to, uh, there's a number of degrees, and I think you've you've even touched on a few of them. Uh, that there, in many ways, it's a degree in a suitcase. You can take it. You can take it almost anywhere. You can take it to lots of different places. Uh, uh, my my son was an economics, political science, business uh, major in college, and he is now a software engineer uh, because the job, the first job out of college. Uh, landed him in a, a new space and gave him new skills. And then he moved into a new space again after that. And again, after that, and suddenly he's in a field that is completely uh, outside of what he had studied. And yet what he studied originally and, and at the beginning led him to the first experience and the first opportunity and the next and the next. And so it, it moved in a new direction that he wouldn't have, wouldn't have thought about. But along the way, it's this idea of continuing uh, his skill set development I think that's that's incredibly important. Are there colleges that are that are addressing that do you, that you see? Quite a few colleges now are uh, leveraging the boot camp idea yeah. and offering like quick six week, twelve week kind of courses that are available. Then you have things like Coursera. Um, if I want to make myself more employable, um, I work a lot with the career center directors around the country, and they're telling me employers are looking for students, not only that have had internships and there's an opportunity for mm-hmm. virtual internships, and I could have three or four or 10 uh, by the time I graduate, but they're also looking for students that have some um, technical skills. And that could be as simple as knowing how to use PowerPoint, Excel, mm-hmm. um, do some real basic kind of coding. And those are the kinds of things you can pick up on uh, LinkedIn Learning, Uh, You can pick up at Coursera or Udemy or some of the other programs. And that's where, see, I think colleges are failing to let students know, hey, in your summer off, yeah, you may be working a job, but take a Coursera course on Mm -hmm. maybe it's soft skills, on ethics, leadership, teamwork, to make yourself more uh, attractive to a a prospective employer. I I, I can hear at least three of the presidents that I've ever worked for in my ear when you say that saying, well, that's our job. We should be doing this. And by sending them into a, a, you know, a different space for a different type of additional education, we're, are we admitting failure? And, and I, I guess that's, that's a question I've got. Is, is that something that colleges would say, yeah, you know what, we're not doing that in the summer. We should be doing it, but we're not. So, you know, go ahead and get that and, and kind of round out your skill set. Yeah, this kind of goes back to the previous question you were talking about in terms of, hey, we're in 2026, we're going to face a, a real diminished number of graduates that right. could potentially come into school. Or, or because of the pandemic, we have more gap year kind of students that are 
all of a sudden bypassing college and we're heading into the trades because they're paying 80, 90, $100,000 to be an electrician. So, you know, if you're an astute market savvy president, you've got to be thinking of multiple ways that you're going to be generating revenue. And, and you know, some of it's going to be in outcomes, right? If, if I'm showing outcomes, I'm going to be competitive with, you know, I might be Kenyan College and I'm competing with Oberlin College, right? Mm-hmm. So who's going to, if I'm the enrollment officer, I'm going to be touting my college scorecard gov results over the competitor because I'm, I'm, you know, I have the ROI kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, you, you alluded to it earlier uh, in terms of uh, technology that schools are using. Are, are there particular software packages that are helpful? Uh, I would imagine the best software is something that I'm pointing at my phone right now that would be sitting on my phone that a student could use or a parent could use. Uh, what are you seeing out there that that uh, is is working in this in this area? So if it comes related to a student career mm-hmm. curriculum and support, we, we have the Grad Career Festival that we developed uh, almost a decade ago. This will be the ninth annual year as an example. And we originally started out uh, with our presentations, live presentations by top career authors in four different buckets, career management, soft skills, job search, and post-graduation life, like refinancing student loans and adulting responsibilities, reporting to a boss. And over time, we started to learn from career center directors who said, hey, these um, hour-long presentations need to be more like half hour or TED mm. talk length. Right. So right. over the years, we've shortened them and asked our authors to talk more about, give us three tips related mm-hmm. to your area of expertise that a student can internalize and, and uh, operationalize within their career right away. This mm-hmm. is not, you know, don't give your full t- uh, 12-hour lecture in terms <laughs> right. of uh, the, what the resume should look like. Right. It's got to be three tips, short and sweet for the attention span of Gen Z. And, and of course, I do always push back a little bit because I like to remind them that the professor's lectures are still an hour or longer, and right. apparently students students may sit through those. But to accommodate that, um, uh, that's my point. I think shorter, more bite-sized type of uh, mobile-delivered mm-hmm. curriculum will be helpful. Um, and that's what we try to do with the Grad Career Festival as an example. Um, definitely, we're moving more to mobile delivery so mm-hmm. that I can get I can get the information whenever I want. But I also asked the student to kind of experientialize that knowledge. What did you learn from that author mm-hmm. and how are you going to incorporate it into your career? Right. Um, are there are you seeing uh, in, in certain areas, certain types of careers, uh, better traction in this area than others? Uh, I, I'm, I'm thinking of the different areas that uh, students would go into in a college and it can range from highly technical uh, short-term kind of certification type programs, uh, community and technical colleges, uh, and in the pivot time within that, uh, that type of a certification is very small. So you got to get it right the first time, I think. Um, but then there's also these four-year plus graduate program or, or doctoral type programs that are lengthy. Um, and it feels like those students really do have to have 
a full head of steam and moving in into those careers because they've they've got a longer commitment to it. Do you see that there is a difference in terms of uh, being able to draw students in early and engage them um, in, in any particular field? Are there, are there better fields than others? Yeah, if you're a professor of philosophy or music and speech or even English, you know, uh, I think you need to be more market driven mm -hmm. and start thinking about what are my what are the opportunities for my graduates and begin to almost become more of a career centered um, dean's right. office. Right. Deans will, in, in some cases, probably three or four years ago, we saw a University of Denver, Denver, yeah, University of Denver eliminated their journalism department. They, mm. they decided, hey, we don't have enough coming through here and journalism mm -hmm. changing and uh, we're not making money in the department. So right. colleges need to be thinking about that in, in particular. One of the areas that I, I think is just a hot market and will continue to be, and actually I saw it 10 years ago, I wrote a book called Internet Dough, mm. which was designed to help a small business person like a pizza shop hence the word dough, internet mm -hmm. dough, play on words, um, how they uh, could use social media, YouTube at the time and Twitter and, and mm -hmm. Facebook to be able to promote and, and gather an audience rather than cutting a check and taking it over to the local newspaper or radio station. Right. Well, th well, that whole industry of social media um, and digital um promotion has changed the public relations industry, journalism industry, right. um, and of course, advertising. And there's a big demand for students, which could be English students, mm -hmm. um, those in the advertising department, graphic design students, programming students, all of those kind of roll up into different areas of the need to be able to promote businesses in this new digital economy. Mm -hmm. So I think students that are going in those areas just need to understand I might be an English major and I think I'm going to write, you know, high level things. No, you're going to be writing short little 10 word snippets that are going to go in a Facebook or a Instagram ad. Right. And, and uh, for, I think for, for some 18 year olds or, or young uh, high school graduates or students that are uh, uh, moving into college, that's a sobering reality. Uh, they don't necessarily love hearing the fact that, uh, I'm not going to be the author of the next great novel. Uh, I, I, or I, or I may be, maybe I am, but, uh, but that's not all that I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to be doing other things along the way. I, I recall uh, uh, a story that was, it was a year of my career where I was a director of admission at a college and, and we had just gone through the welcome week uh, experience that that first first experience where the everyone's on campus and parents are saying goodbye to their student and they're leaving and they move them in and so forth. And I, re I recall coming up to the uh, to the reception area of my office, and uh, there was a, a young man and his mom and his dad. And uh, the mom, obviously, and this is not not uh, unusual. The mom had been crying. It was a sad moment. They're about, she's about to, you know, send her, uh, send her uh, youngest or oldest or whatever it was uh, away to college and she's going to leave. And that's a sad moment. But the dad was, was not, was not sad. He was, uh, he was very focused on me and, and he came over to me and he said, uh, are you Fedgy? Are you the director of admission? I said, yeah. And he said, you're the one that, that admitted my son to, to your college. I said, yeah. And he said, uh, 
I, I have a question for you. And he kind of got right up to me, right, right here in my face. He was a big guy. And he said, I don't, I don't need you to guarantee anything, but I need to know that everybody here is going to help this kid get a job and not live in my basement. And, and I was like, you know, that, that kind of sums up a lot of feelings for parents. And I, 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 I sent that on to our career service department. They, they, you know, they use that now and again, but the, but the reality is that parents are really relying on colleges. They're really relying on them to help their kids make decisions when they're not there. They don't have the voice and the influence. Um, if you could give two words of advice, 10 words of advice to colleges, administrators right now on how to engage that student so that dad is satisfied in his investment, his parents are satisfied in their investment um, with bringing that kid to a college. What would you tell them? Yeah, interesting um, question because we've been working on a program. It's just developmental, but uh, imagine this, that a student and parents show up at orientation and the, um, uh, the career center is there and they pass out a flyer and on the flyer is a QR code. Mm-hmm. And then parents are asked, hey, go to this QR code and join the Career Scholar Society. It's our online career mm-hmm. club on campus mm-hmm. that where employers will award career curriculum to students think uh, like LinkedIn, they'll connect with students, they'll have the ability to find students based on interest and degree and where they want to go and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And parents, you'll receive a copy of the unemployed grad and what parents can do about it. Oh, yeah. Sure. And the idea is to, to build kind of a fun, fun event around the fact that I'm in a club, I'm getting recognition. Mm-hmm. Employers are tapping me as early as my freshman year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm getting access to free curriculum. So I'm getting attaboys, badges, certificates for participating in this. There's a record in it. Um, that's something that we're looking at right now, kind of introducing as an idea that campuses could implement. Mm-hmm. Another thing I think would be really important for colleges, this isn't necessarily a suggestion for the student, but it would be every student that comes on campus should be connected to a recent grad mm. and connected to an experienced grad. Now, yeah. we can effortlessly do that with LinkedIn, right? Mm-hmm. So with LinkedIn, I go in their alumni area and I could connect you um, Jay, meet Don Philobom. Mm-hmm. And Don it was involved in telecommunications, radio and TV in college. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, I think he could be a great resource to you. Yeah. Oh, and also meet Sally over here who just graduated last year. She knows the ins and outs of the campus. She'll be your support group. So having the ability to instantly, you know, before they even step on campus, the student right. starts to feel they've got this other support group that's there. That, I can't imagine that would be uh, uh, a wasted effort. I've got to. I, I got to believe that um, as a, as an enrollment manager or a marketer, if I had that in place, and I'm always looking for something that's going to set my college apart from all the other schools and options that a student uh, is looking at and, and considering. If I had one piece that I would say, we're going to help your. 18 year old, your, your student going into college and students were going to help you um, move, not just into the first year, 
but we're going to set you up with a with a support system around you to look at at when you're done after you've walked across the stage, you've received that diploma from that president, uh, you've shaken hands, and now you move on into a career. We're we're thinking about that now. I can't imagine that a student or a parent of a student wouldn't look at that as being an advantage. Yeah, and if I could, you kind of spin me in another direction too. Mm-hmm. Um, related to your your thought pattern there is that we have something called a first-year experience, right? Every campus has that. But why don't we take those same students who needed some coddling from high school to college Mm -hmm. and give those same students a first-year grad experience, right? Those students, if if you're in enrollment management and could say, hey, look, we not only help your students transition to college, we help them transition out of college. And by that, we give them access to the Grad Career Festival, our Career Speaker Series, or we connect them with alumni. Mm -hmm. We hold events, meets and greets in the local community of alumni that, you know, if the student's from Chicago, there'll be an event at a pub where the students will meet other alumni kind of thing. And and, and to that, I I think, you know, there is a need that colleges need to tell parents that not all students are going to need the kind of handholding, right? There is a type A personality that's going to blow through college, make all the connections. They're going to have a job by the time they graduate. But there could be first-gen students, mm-hmm. diversity students, um, students that just don't know. They're going to be the end, the ones that are going to end up 40% that don't have a job that's related to a college experience. And a college, I think, needs to have a Marshall Plan, right? That mm. it is, we've got something in place to protect and help those students so they don't end up right. in the 40% unemployment. But that takes, you know, commitment from the president's level, kind mm-hmm. of pushing down. But certainly, enrollment management sits at that table, and I think they need to be thinking about that. Are, are you seeing many uh, colleges uh, that are looking at career services as lifelong engagement? Um, I'm thinking of, of right now, uh, not too too uh, distant research that was that's talking about uh, graduates moving into careers now are going to change careers six, eight, ten times. Not just not just job transition, but but complete career transitions, moving from left field to right field, all over the place. Uh, that they're they're moving, and every time that they move again. Um, it's, it feels like that there should be somebody like there would be in a college when they're, when they're a student there, that they could fall back on for a resource guide, for support, for uh, reassessment, for uh, development and reconnection, uh, much like we're talking about now. Are you seeing much of that out there in the, in, in the college space? Um, yes and no. It's a really good question because um, that's where alumni relations should be going. Sure. There was a very famous study by a, a Harvard professor that looked at what does alumni expect from their mm-hmm. undergraduate alma mater. Mm-hmm. And essentially, the research showed that uh, alumni, when they graduated, were disappointed with the relationship they had with their college because they thought it was going to continue to quench their intellectual thirst and and their lifelong kind of commitment to knowledge. Instead, it Mm -hmm. became something about rah-rah memories, my, what I owe the university in terms of fundraising. And and they, they essentially said, Hey, look, you're withdrawing from the deposit of your alumni. You need to Mm -hmm. find ways to put 
deposits back into this relationship. Mm-hmm. And, and and your your comment is right exactly what they expected. They mm-hmm. they said you need to have more career related things. What alumni want is networking, career coaching, right. and lifelong kind of experiences. Some of the colleges, very few, you know, two percent maybe are starting to move career centers uh, under the advancement area Mm, mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. they see that as kind of the ongoing lifelong learning opportunity. But, But again, this goes back to something you said earlier. Colleges are in a position where they'll go, well, I'm not going to have them do this. You know, I'm not going to outsource this. I need to do that. Well, they need to right. do that in this case, right? Mm-hmm. They could. They need to be thinking more boot camp oriented because all of us are going to, in the future, be able to do change jobs instantaneously because the internet will tell us mm-hmm. how to do any job within 30 minutes. Yeah. So, so, and, and I'll, you know, a YouTube video tells me how to do something very quickly. <laughs> exactly. So, so, you know, that's the college role, I think, in the lifelong learning going forward. But they're giving that up. They're ceding that already to Udemy, um, YouTube, um, mm-hmm. Coursera, and everything else that's out there. And, and the networking to LinkedIn uh, and to other social uh, platforms that uh, may or may not be good, but it certainly doesn't help. Uh, the, the 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 development or the connection to the school, uh, I, I feel like if I had a connection to uh, or a student had a connection to an alma mater and they were constantly coming back to them saying, what can we do for you? Can we uh, are you are you, in a, you know, tell us what, if you're thinking of a career change and we can help you out. We can, you know, and and we don't have to you don't have to have a, a charge to it. There doesn't have to be a, a price tag on it because. Uh, this is something that you want to continue to provide to your uh, to your alumni uh, resource, uh, and and that community is always going to come back. And frankly, if that was happening, they'd be bringing their kids back to go to college there too. Yeah, and and to that degree, following this line of thought, the only way alumni relations is going to be more focused on careers mm-hmm. is that they're going to have to build into their mission, vision, goal statement, that this is one of their responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to, there's a website called, um, I think it's called alumnifutures.com. Mm-hmm. If you Google alumnifutures.com and mission vision statements, you'll see an assortment of university alumni associations statements and a handful will indicate we are there to help advance our alumni and uh, lives and careers, everything's about we're here to support the goals in, of the university. We're here to engage alumni and help the development office. It's it's all of the wrong things. And until they change their mission, vision, goals, money won't follow, programs won't follow. So I would strongly encourage anybody that's out there to kind of talk with their alumni relations strategically about mm-hmm. how this could be implemented. Yeah, it's just uh, so obvious, uh, I think, to me that uh, enrollment managers just absolutely have to press on this and make this uh, a priority, Uh, not just in bringing students in, not just shaping the class, but but shaping the future graduate class. They have to uh, 
be able to not only build that first year experience with uh, the eye on graduation and career, but they need to be able to sell that. They need to be able to market that. That's going to set them apart. Um, I've been talking to Don Philobom, uh, president and CEO of Talent Marks and author of The Unemployed Grad, What Parents Can Do About It. And Don, I just appreciate your time. This, this has been a great conversation and great insights. I, I really love this idea of of looking beyond just the you know, the first year, but looking all the way through. And, and I just appreciated your insights. Thank you very much. It's been fun. And I love to talk shop with anyone related to these ideas. So uh, let's all continue the uh, discussion and, and continue to help students launch great careers. I appreciate it, Don. Thanks for being today. You've been listening to the Enrollment Edge podcast. Enrollment Edge is sponsored by Enrollment Fuel a full-service student search and marketing partner to colleges and universities. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star rating and review. Your feedback will help us remain relevant and on the edge. The Enrollment Edge is produced by Allison Wallace. I'm your host, Jay Fedgie. Thanks for listening.